0: And welcome to Eyes Up Ministry Podcast. This is Episode 5, Part B, the more abridged version of the podcast. For those of you who want to have a quick refresher on the hour-long episode or don't have the time to listen to the hour-long episode, which I digress, certainly you can find time to listen to it. And I would encourage you to go back and do so. Well, we wanted to take this say, for that sake that you can... Listen to it in a hurry if you need to, or you need to refresh something. Uh, So anyway, this episode, we're talking about God's immutability, meaning his unchangeable nature. And again, like I say, I encourage you to go back and listen to part A of this, or the episode 5, the full-length version. So that in mind, bear with me. I'm going to try to breeze through this as quickly as possible, trying to keep it around 10 to 15 minutes long. And, uh, that being said, I'm not the smartest one in the group, but I'm the one with the podcast equipment. So please pardon any tongue tides, tongue tie. See, I did it in saying that. So please excuse anything that sounds off. (laughs) So anyway, uh, God's immutability is one of my favorite attributes about God. And yes, there's several of them, but man, it's just beautiful and amazing. When you see this one, like, uh, God's immutability, which kind of plays in with our previous episodes on God's, uh, eternity. Uh, when we're talking about God's aseity, things of that nature. And I encourage you to go back and listen to all of our episodes and dealing with this. And, uh, before we dig get any deeper into it, just go to our website, eyesopenministry.org. there. You'll find a studies tool tab. And then on there you can go in and, use those studies tools to help you study god's word even deeper and we highly encourage that we have plenty of blog posts uh links to our social media accounts where we post content as well and other podcasts that we host like god's mad men i encourage you go back and check all that stuff out as well to just get as deep as you can into god's word um and on that studies tool tab there is a topical bible index link that you can go to and you can type in God's immutability and it will pull up all the passages of scripture that relates to God's immutability. So I encourage you to do that and check that out. You know, Augustine uh, once said that it is crucial in our doctrine of God that we begin with faith in God's word and not with human reasoning and experience. Cause a lot of times we seem to think of God in the capacity of our own minds us as finite beings uh trying to comprehend an infinite being um it comes back to god's incomprehensibility that we'll never truly fully understand god and because of that man has thrown out some things that is downright just heretical when it comes to the teachings of god so it's important for us to understand god through his own revelation of his word so it's important for us to understand that. So that being said, what do we mean uh, by God's immutability? Well, put simply, God's immutability means his unchangeability, that he He cannot change. Uh, God's nature is the same today as it was before he created the world, and it will be the same thousands of years later throughout all eternity. Immutability is an incommutable, incommunicable attribute, meaning it's something that's not related to us because we as human beings, we do change, right? From the time that we are conceived all the way up until the time that we die, we are always changing, we are always getting older, we are always becoming wiser or maybe even stupider <laughs> we're always changing though we're always in a state of flux and deflux and inflate and deflate and decay and regeneration we're always in a state in which we change um you know i'm, I'm approaching the big four O now and 20 years ago i had a head full of hair well now i'm bald i was baby faced back then but now i got a immaculate man- manly beard so things change. We change. I've changed. I've matured more. Hopefully I've, I've, you know, 20 years ago, I wasn't a dad. Now I am. I'm a, I'm a husband and a father of three. So a lot of things have changed in my life and has changed me for who I am. But God never changes. So we can see how creation itself changes. We, we see the earth and how it, you know, decays or how it is changed by man or through erosion or whatever the the means may be, things throughout all of creation changes. But again, God is the one who created all things, and he is the one who is unchangeable. Otherwise, if he could change or if he did change or he was changeable, then he ceases to be God. So this impacts on how we view God as being holy, as gracious and righteous and loving. He's the, 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 when it applies to all of his other attributes, God is unchanging. He is, he is always holy. He is always gracious. He is always righteous. He is always loving. He is always about his justice and his mercy and his wrath. All that is the same as it always will be and always has been. The God of the Old Testament is the same God that you see in the Old Testament, I mean the New Testament. The God of the New Testament is no less angry with sin than the God of the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament is no less loving than the God of the New Testament. It means that his mercy is an unchanging mercy. His love is unchanging love. His justice is an unchanging justice. His truth does not change. God is truth. His word is truth. He is the word. So therefore, no firmer foundation do we have as Christians than that of an unchanging God. Scripture teaches us God's immutability in various ways. We always see the imagery of God as a rock or a fortress or a firm foundation. Uh, We see about his faithfulness to his promises. God's God is pure and constant and unpolluted. We see it throughout passages such in uh, Psalm 62, verse 2. And I encourage you to turn there if you have your Bible ready or if you can read read your Bible. If you're driving, that wouldn't be a good idea. Um, but Psalm 62 in verse 2 says, He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. Verse seven says, O oh God, my salvation and my glory rest. On God, my salvation and glory rest. The, the rock of my strength, the refuge. My refuge is in God. And if God is changing, then how can we hold on to that firm foundation? Jesus tells us what? To build our house upon the rock, not the shifting, changing sands. He's faithful to his promises. We see that, such as in uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. You would think I would have this marked in my Bible, but I do not. But Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 tells us that this is God speaking, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, sons of Jacob, are not consumed. And then we see, heading over to the, to the New Testament, we see in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 17, that every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. So God is constant. He is pure. He is unpolluted. He does not change his plans. He does not change his personality. He does not, going back to his eternity, he is not just present in the time reacting to us. No, he is, he exists outside of time, and his plans already have been established uh, The from end to amen in the Bible, in the scriptures, to everything full out the way it's supposed to when it comes to the end of time, the end of this world, and the creation of the next. God's plan will be fulfilled. And if we have a God that can change, then that's uncertain. It's all connected to his other attributes. And we see of God's uh, om- omniscience, his all-knowing ability here that he has, his attribute. If we lose God's omniscience, then we also lose God's immutability. If he doesn't know everything, then he learns something new. He has he changed. It's adding or subtracting knowledge of God means that he changes. I mentioned in the, the longer episode of how me as a father, I'm hesitant to tell my kids that we're going to do anything because I'll say, okay, kids, let's, let's go to the beach this weekend. And this is, this is recent. We're actually talking about going to the beach next weekend. And then I realized, oh, wait, it's the beginning of spring break, St. Patrick's Day weekend. a big car show going on down there it's still gonna be a little cool there's a chance of rain so maybe it's not the best time for me to take my family to the beach let's wait till it's a little warmer let's wait until the party crowd's gone and we can have a better time as a family at the beach so now i have to go back and tell my kids you know what kids actually let's let's just uh let's just wait on that we're talking about maybe going to the car show for today but we're not going to stay tonight. Oh, no, they're upset and they're, they're angry with me because I don't want to stay at the beach now. Well, that's because I learned new things. That's because my knowledge changed. Therefore, what I said I would do has changed. Not making me a liar, but through wisdom, I feel it's better to wait. Well, God doesn't do that. He doesn't obtain new knowledge. He already knows everything. He's omniscient, right? He's all-knowing. He's all-knowing, all-powerful all-present God. When it comes to His eternal nature, if God isn't eternal, then He begin to exist or will cease to exist. It means that He can change, but we know that He's eternal. When it comes to His holiness or His justice, this can be done with all of His attributes. See, if we lose God's immutability, We can't know if he's going to be holy or just in the future. So, God is reliable. Without it, everything we know about God is brought into question. It upholds his other attributes. If God wasn't immutable, then how could we be sure of his goodness? His justice, his love, etc. Maybe he stopped being good or stopped loving us. If God could change, that's a possibility. But no, scripture very clearly teaches us that God does not change. So there's a few challenges to this, of course, because there's passages in scriptures where it says that God repented or that God that God, uh, let's see, well, let's see, Genesis chapter 6, for instance, when speaking about the flood and the corruption of mankind that has happened, it says that the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and that he was grieved in his heart. That's from the NASB. The King James says that God repented in his heart, that he was sorry that he made man and that he repented. Well, it doesn't mean repentance in the same text that it means that we repent. When we repent of something, it means that we turn away, that we're sorry for what we've done and that we we turn away from doing that thing. But that's not what it means there. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 11, it says that um, that it, God said that he regretted that he had made Saul king, for he had turned his back from following me and has not performed my commandments, God said. So what God is doing here, he's using human languages and experiences to speak to us in a way that we can understand it. It's giving us, uh, we've got to look at it in context here. And it, a more, I heard a theologian put it this way one time, that when it, we speak of when God is, is repenting or that God was sorry for doing certain some things, it wasn't that he messed up, it wasn't that it's talking to that nature, it's the same way that we talk about corporal punishment. When it comes to discipline our children, the Bible clearly states that God chastises those whom he loves, right? Um, And what it means is that it's kind of like, you know, it hurts me more than it's going to hurt you, like your parents would say that are disappointed in you, right? I I don't want to discipline my children. I wouldn't want to spank my children, but I don't want to take away one of their privileges or possessions for punishment. But if I'm a loving father and I want them to learn from their mistakes so that they grow up to become fine young men and women, then I have to do that. But I hate to do that. And that's more or less what it's speaking about when it talks about God regretting or repenting of doing something in the Scripture. He hated that that had to happen. But again, all things work according to the purposes of His will, to fulfill His will. And that's very crucial for us to understand as Christians. Even when it comes to prayer, people are like, well, why pray then? If I can't change God's mind? No, prayer is not about changing God's mind. It's not about um, him being the magic genie that you can control and get three wishes from. or No, 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 no. When we pray, it's about aligning our will with God's will. It's about helping us to see and speak to him in ways that shows him how we feel. And even though he knows, he still likes to hear from us in these things. We see that uh, all things, right? All things work according to those who love him. So we must understand God has a purpose and a plan. God has a will that will be done and it's unchangeable. This should bring us to a a proper view of doxology. Uh, Doxology is one of those fancy words for praise. It should lead us into praise that we have a God who is unchanging and that he can be fully trusted and relied on. Because man, man will fail you. Man will let you down. Going back to Psalm 62, verse 9, it says, Lean too much on man, and you will find a broken reed. Lead upon the Lord, and you will find the rock. And That should bring us to a hallelujah praise. When God proclaims his message and he proclaims the gospel to sinners, they need not worry about the reliability of, Of the promises God has made to forgive their sins when a believer stumbles and is overcome by temptation and sin they should have nothing but full assurance that God has forgiven them and caused them to come to him yet again for mercy and forgiveness the idea that God wouldn't accept Christ's perfect sacrifice on their behalf should never be entered into a believer's mind When God has said that he will forgive anyone that repents and places their faith in Jesus Christ, he means it, and he will never change his mind. The promise of God's forgiveness is more certain than the gravity and more sure than the rising of the sun. We know he can be trusted because he is immutable and always will be. I'm John Pruitt for Grrr. Eyes Open Ministries podcast. Till next time, quit, keep, excuse me, keep reading those scriptures. God bless.